the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is underway now, nine minutes past ten o'clock on this Monday, the first morning of the tenth month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Thank you so much again to Dave Zanotti from the American Policy Roundtable joining us last half hour. Uh, we're going to stay on the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, which of course now have become the Kavanaugh 7th FBI investigation, uh, which I will again continue to question the wisdom thereof. Why would they trust the FBI, they being Senate Democrats who are so desperate to stop Brett Kavanaugh? Why would they trust the FBI to do an investigation if the FBI has already done six and didn't catch the part about him being a serial gang rapist? Can you really trust the reports you're going to get? You know what this is going to lead to. The Republicans limited the scope. President Trump in the White House told them they couldn't do everything they wanted to do. Therefore, this investigation is null and void and invalid, and we need another delay. That's where we are. Joining us now to analyze and discuss, uh, fresh off of a fantastic piece that I read over the weekend, an op-ed uh, headlined, 10 Lessons Learned from the Kavanaugh Hearings, is Dr. Everett Piper making his return to Cleveland by way of the telephone from Oklahoma. He is, of course, the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University and the author of Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. Boy, that uh, subheadline or subtitle, I should say, to the book really, really is more important now, perhaps, than ever before. Dr. Piper, good to have you back, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Always uh, honored and privileged to join your show. Well, it's uh, it's an honor to have you. The devastating consequences of abandoning truth. That part of your title of your book. This is what we're watching right now. This is this is what we're watching right now, and we're all, of course, tasked with trying to decide what is the truth. And we have heard Dr. Piper, many people referring to Dr. Ford's truth. I is it possible for there to be more than one truth? I always thought there was just the truth and the way somebody spins it for their own gain. No, there isn't, and that's exactly the point here. 
I mean, you can claim something is black, and if I turn around and claim it's white, one of us is wrong and one of us is right. I can claim that something is wet, you can claim it's dry, one of us is right and one of us is wrong. It's called the law of non-contradiction. If we're contradicting each other, we both can't be telling the truth. And this is obviously a contradiction. Ford is saying that Kavanaugh sexually harassed and assaulted her, and Kavanaugh is saying, I didn't. So somebody's telling the truth and someone isn't. They can't both have their own truth. This is the fallacy of post-modernity, that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you, the whateverism, the moral nihilism, the intellectual nihilism of our culture, where we think we can make it up as we go, and our feelings and opinions were all, are always going to trump the facts and the evidence. And that's nonsense, and we've got a culture of anarchy if that's really where we are, because anybody can rise up on a given day and say, um, Bob, you're a witch. Well, I'm not a witch. Well, says who? We're going to bind you and throw you into the deep, and if you float, you're a witch. If you sink, you're a witch. Either way, you're a witch. It doesn't make any difference what you say, because what works for us is to call you a witch, and that's what's going on in the Kavanaugh trials. 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 That's a Freudian slip. It is a trial. It's a witch trial. It's the Salem witch trials right now, rather than a confirmation hearing. It's a great analogy. Uh, several people have used it last week uh, that, it, that it really does resemble 17th century Salem. Uh, a lot of other people today are saying it resembles McCarthyism as well. All you have to do is be accused of being a communist, and your life is over, your career is over, your reputation is over, and so on and so forth. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to have any um, uh, evidence whatsoever. And ultimately, this is the conundrum, Dr. Piper, You know, is the lack of evidence. Um, back when Dianne Feinstein presented that letter after sitting on it for seven weeks for her own political gain, obviously, once they realized they couldn't defeat Judge Kavanaugh on the merits and not get him or confirmed on the merits of his qualifications, then she pulls this out. But there was no evidence when she pulled it out. There was no evidence when um, uh, uh, every liberal Democrat on the Senate and, and beyond accused uh, and said, I believe Christine Blasey Ford and accused Judge Kavanaugh of this. There were no merits during the... Uh, testimony given by um or no evidence rather given in the testimony given by dr ford through uh through brett kavanaugh's testimony on thursday as well so we've been at this now for several weeks and there's no more testimony or no more evidence rather today than there was then how can we continue this mess without any credible evidence whatsoever from the accuser you can't if you actually believe in justice the reason that the analogy of Lady Justice being blind, that she has a blindfold on, that reason is, is a good reason. It means that she doesn't peek. She doesn't look under the blindfold and, uh, and look at race or gender or color of hair or tone of voice. She doesn't see the tears, and she doesn't see the quivering chin. She doesn't peek under the blindfold to make judgments because objective facts are more important than feelings, how she feels or anybody else feels. Lady Justice is blind. She doesn't tip the scales of credibility toward emotion. She looks for the balance of actual facts and evidence. And if we've come to the point where due process doesn't matter any longer and that you can just be accused and you're guilty as accused rather than presumed innocent until the facts are heard, we're in a culture of anarchy and not one of justice. Again, the biblical worldview, the Judeo-Christian ethic that is the standard for due process in the first place, that is the standard for Lady Justice being blind, the biblical worldview, the Judeo-Christian ethic, is always one that gives us more liberty rather than less. And what you have right now is what Chesterton said, get rid of the big laws, and you don't get liberty, you get thousands of little laws, because you get a bunch of people, thousands of people, claiming that their feelings should trump the actual evidence, and that does not lead to liberty and justice. It leads to anarchy and oppression. 
We are talking with Dr. Everett Piper, the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University and the author of Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. The problem is uh, Lady Justice is not um, deciding this case. Um, the media is deciding this case. The uh, Democratic uh, um, liberal Democratic senators on the Judiciary Committee are deciding this case, and they have already peaked, and in fact, they are just screaming, you can't believe him because he's a man. You must believe her because she's a woman. Hashtag believe survivors. Hashtag believe women. You can't question that woman, by the way. And this is number one in your list of 10 lessons in your op-ed, 10 lessons learned from the Kavanaugh hearings. Women are innately good. They are sinless. You question her if you question her character, if you question her memory, if you question her motive. You are shaming and blaming a victim, even though her status as a victim, Dr. Piper, has not been established. Exactly. Lesson number one, and you started reading it. Women are innately good. They're sinless. They're always telling the truth. They're heroic. Their emotional balance is perfect. Men are bad. They always lie. They're toxic. You should always believe a woman and never believe a man. Really? Is that where we are as a culture, where we're going to balkanize culture between genders, where one gender is innately good and can't tell a lie, and the other one is endemically deceptive and always lies? Lesson number three in my uh, list here is if you're a man, you're damned. If you maintain your composure, you're a toxic male. If you react with indignation because somebody's lying about you, your temperament is in question, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. We'd all be better off. We'd all be better off if we, if we would just emasculate culture and get rid of men. We'd live in a, a utopia if it weren't for men. That's what we're learning as we watch this charade, this witch trial, where if you're accused, you're guilty. Yeah, that is exactly right. And I um, I actually referenced something in the last segment before you came on. Uh, there was a tweet from November of 2017 that is more pertinent, more relevant even right now than it was then because of what's going on with Kavanaugh. But there is a, uh, a founder of the... Uh, um, what, uh, the Unslut Project is what it's called, and she is also a writer for Teen Vogue. Her name is Emily Linden, who tweeted the following. Last November, uh, more, pre- more pertinent today. Sorry, she wrote, if some innocent men's rep- let me say this thing with emphasis, if some innocent men's reputations have to take a hit in the process of undoing the patriarchy, that is a price I am absolutely willing to pay. You heard that correctly, Dr. Piper. This female writer slash uh, uh, documentarian says that she, as a female, is willing to pay the price of men's reputations taking a hit in the process of undoing the patriarchy. That's what we're seeing happen right now. It's playing out in the form of Judge Kavanaugh. Absolutely. Uh, Candace Owens had a great tweet, and if people don't follow Candace Owens, they should. She's a uh, young, I assume she's in her 20s, maybe early 30s, black woman, and she is unapologetically conservative. And she's speaking out right now. In one of her tweets, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me, she said, the last time we saw a bunch of Democrats believing a woman's claim rather than looking for the evidence, we saw Emmett Terrell hung and we saw a lot of our ancestors hanging from trees. In other words, if we're going to believe the accusation, let's go back to what history tells us. And we see time and time again, To Kill a Mockingbird, we see time and time again, the Salem Witch Trials, we see time and time again, the Tulsa Riots. The Tulsa Riots in the 1950s started because a white woman accused a black man of touching her inappropriately on an elevator. She was lying, and the Tulsa Riots ensued because of her deception. So are we going to go back to those days 
when you can hang a man, whether he's white or black, simply because a woman making an accusation against him. Those are dangerous and frightening times. Yeah, and, and you're exactly that's exactly what happened to Emmett Till as well. He was not only hung, he was dragged behind a truck for crying out loud, dragged in, yeah. you know, for and she was lying because a white woman said that he whistled at her, or made some sort of a cat call to her, and and we all know how that turned out. I would just because we don't have a ton of time, I want to go back to your list of the ten things, ten lessons learned from the Kavanaugh hearing so far. Explain number five: liberal claims of egalitarianism are, are a lie. Okay. Liberal, you know, we've heard that, uh, you know, there's not complementarianism, there's egalitarianism. The sexes are equal. There's no difference. Uh, well, we learn now that that's a lie because now we know that men are inferior. Men are the problem. If we could just emasculate all of culture, we'd all be better off for it. We'd live in an utopia if it weren't for men. So the feminist argument, the left, the progressive argument of sexual egalitarianism is obviously a lie. They never believed that. Just listen to the female senators on the Judicial Affairs Committee. They believe that women are superior because... This woman couldn't be lying. He must be, because she is female and he's a male. There is no such thing as assumed egalitarianism anymore. Last one I wanted to jump to is number 10, the Mike Pence yes. rule. When, when Mike Pence made his statement a couple of years ago, or maybe 18 months ago, whatever it was, that he will not have dinner with someone who is not his wife, he will not be in a private setting with anyone who is not his wife, he was mocked relentlessly. Why? What, what's the matter? You know, you can't control yourself and, and these sorts of things. He was mocked for being prudish and for being I, virtually everything that you can think of. And now it's perhaps... Ju- or, uh, Dr. Piper, we see why, because if you don't put yourself in a situation where you can be falsely accused, then you can never be falsely accused. Perhaps Mike Pence was on to something. Absolutely, and that's my final point. Um, you know, Kavanaugh, there's no evidence that Kavanaugh was at the party in question, at least with regard to Ford's claim, but it was painful listening to him being questioned about his high school yearbook and the fact that he was at multiple parties and parties that involved teenagers, teenagers drinking. And I wrote this in my concluding sentence. Newsflash for today's young men. If you don't go to parties with a bunch of 16- and 17-year-old girls who are drinking and getting drunk, you likely won't have to worry about telling the U.S. Senate someday that you didn't abuse use or rape them, and you probably won't have to explain your juvenile jokes in your yearbook about Ralphing. Maybe, just maybe, the moral standards of conservative Christians like Mike Pence aren't that bad of an idea after all. A good a good idea, in fact, indeed. Dr. Everett Piper, president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, and again, make sure you get his book. It is just as relevant right now, in fact, will continue to be so as more insanity happens on college campuses and situations like this uh, surface. Not a daycare is the book, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. Dr. Piper, we always appreciate when you visit, sir. Thank you so much for bringing your clarity to, to, clarity to this subject. Thank you and blessings. And to you as well. Thank you so much. 1022, uh, Dr. Everett Piper joining us. We'll get out now. We'll check your traffic. Come back in and take your phone calls. We are guest-free from now until 11 o'clock. So this is the time to get in on AM 1420, The Answer. So um, toward the end of the first hour of the broadcast this morning, I um, mentioned that I was going to say something that is in uh, departing from the view of several other conservatives with respect to the credibility of the accuser and the uh, situation involving Judge Kavanaugh. 
The more I watched Christine Blase Ford's testimony from Thursday, uh, in re, uh, you know, more I rewatched it rather, and in, in, in looking at different video, the more I have come to the conclusion, again, that is very different than a lot of other people believe. Many other people, including conservatives, have declared that that Christine Blase Ford did indeed suffer some sort of a sexual assault or attempted sexual assault. It's just that they don't believe it was Brett Kavanaugh. I don't believe one single solitary syllable that came out of that woman's mouth after identifying herself as Christine Blasey Ford. I may give her that. That's it. I don't believe one single syllable. Nothing that she said had a ring of truth to it. Nothing that she said had a ring of credibility to it. Nothing that she said made her a sympathetic witness the way so many others are just falling all over themselves to declare because they don't want to be declared an enemy of the Me Too movement. She has to be believed because she's a woman. So she clearly had something happen to her, but it's just that she doesn't have any evidence that it's Brett Kavanaugh, so Kavanaugh should be confirmed. How about she is making the entire episode up and has been from the beginning? Because of her anti-Trump activism, because of her attorney's anti-Trump activism, because of the left's long-announced plan to oppose and destroy by any means necessary, at any cost, any nominee put forth by Donald Trump. And this goes all the way back to her alleged 2012 meetings with her, her therapist, her family therapist, who wrote down notes that she says were written down incorrectly because I didn't say that, I said this. She can't remember A from B, from from C, from D. I don't believe one single solitary word. Christine Blase Ford, in my view, as an objective, well, maybe I am subjective, but in my, in my educated view, is a bald-faced liar. And no one else will say it. You don't have, kill the music for a moment, please. You don't have that kind of a broken, scared-sounding voice when you're giving testimony about things that happen to you. You don't have that without tears accompanying the broken voice. She couldn't force herself to cry because she's not a good enough actress, but she wanted to make it sound like she was choking back tears. That was a Class A performance by a George Soros acolyte. This is in, the entire thing is a fraud. I believe not one syllable of her story. I don't believe she, she experienced anything. And no, this does not mean I don't believe any women. The way they cornered Jeff Flake in an elevator to scream, that if you don't believe Dr. Blasey Ford, then you clearly don't believe any women who come forward. It is a lie. It is defamatory, it is slanderous, and I hope she pays A with a a huge, massive lawsuit, a slander or defamation of character lawsuit filed by Judge Kavanaugh. I hope she pays with that first, and then, because she said all of this stuff under oath, I hope she pays with a prison sentence for perjury. She's a liar, this whole thing is a fraud, and I'm done.
There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1036, now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer. Just... Just have to get that stuff out there. I mean, honestly, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm so tired of watching conservatives on talk shows try to cover their rears. I don't want to be accused of being uh, against the Me Too movement because then they come after me. All of the talking heads on Fox, the ones who are supposed to be looking for the truth in all of this, continue to say, Dr. Ford, something probably happened to her. She comes off as really credible. In what way did she come off as credible? She didn't come off as credible in the least. Not one single syllable that she uttered smacked of credibility. But they have to say that. And they have to say that, you know, she's, uh, she's, she's a very emotional witness. She's a very sympathetic witness. Something clearly happened. Even Rachel Mitchell, the prosecutor who was questioning her, said, I can tell that you're terrified. So if you feel at any time like what I'm asking is too hard for you right now, then, then you can f- just tell me and we'll stop. They made her look like she was the victim of something. And I do not believe she was the victim of anything. The only thing she has been a victim of is the Democrats making her repeat this lie under oath in, in, uh, in, in public. She wanted to do this privately to try to stop him. I want to share this with you br- briefly, and, I, and I'll go to your phone calls. I said we're guest-free the rest of the way, so we'll open up the phone lines, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Dial right now. We'll try to get you up right away. But I want to share this real quick, if I can. Because, again, I'm just tired of the narrative. Her lying, shaky voice thing, her quivering uh, you know, in her responses, again, those kinds of things need to be accompanied by other kinds of things to prove their legitimacy. Any actress can do the thing that I just did on, on a whim. On a whim. Make yourself sound terrified, shaky, scared, broken, and so on and so forth. But real victims who have endured real serious crimes and real assault, they don't hold back tears. They, they can't. They're part of this. Let me share this with you. John Nolte over at Breitbart feels the same way I do. He wrote a piece over the weekend about Fox, about, uh, about uh, Napolitano saying how credible she is, about how Chris Wallace said this is devastating. During the actual testimony on Thursday, this is devastating for the Republicans because she comes off as really credible and simple. What is credible? Here's what John, For- or John Nolte rather wrote. Let me count the ways she is nothing close to credible. Number one, she has aligned herself with the far left. Automatically, her political motivations put anything and everything she says into question. Two, she straight up lied about not being or about being afraid to fly. Lied to avoid coming to DC and having that hearing on Monday, all to advance the delay agenda. She lied. They pointed it out on the in the testimony. She travels all the time. She's a doggone jet setter. For work, for vacation, for travel, for play, all of it. But I can't I can't get on a plane to come to Washington. DC. Because airplanes are in 
enclosed. They make me feel constrained, like I was 36 years ago on the bed. Bye. I'm 100% certain Brett Kavanaugh. So I, I can't get onto planes. It was only through the help of some very dear friends that I was able to get on one to come here. Uh, wait a minute. Your passport history says you travel from here, there, 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 and there. Routinely and regularly. Well, it's a little different when I'm just going on vacation. <laughs> I'm sorry, but she is a bald-faced liar. Number three, she said she wanted anonymity, but continually reached out to the far-left Washington Post to make this public. Number four, her polygraph is a farce. She wasn't asked questions about the specifics of the things that she is alleging. She was asked two questions. This was a polygraph test. Two questions. Did you make stuff up? And are you telling the truth? (laughs) And she said, yeah, no to the first one and yes to the second one. And they said, okay, you passed. Wait a minute. Let's see what happens to her her uh, heart rate and all of the other things that they measure on a polygraph when you ask her specifically about the number of people in the room, when you ask her specifically about what you did, when you ask her specifically about why she was wearing a bathing suit when she couldn't remember if she had been swimming that day. What The polygraph was two questions. It was a joke. Next, every single one of her witnesses refutes her story, either has no memory of the gathering in question or says it didn't happen point blank. And that included a lifelong friend. Next, her team was so desperate to have the woman who wants anonymity to testify publicly, they turned down the opportunity to have her question in private at her home in California. Grassley and the Republicans offered, we'll fly out there. Us? Or a a, a special prosecutor or questioner, somebody specialized in sex crimes, you can give your statement in private. We'll come to you. No planes, no trains, no automobiles. She wasn't told that by her attorneys because her attorneys are also Soros-funded operatives. Ford's therapist notes from 2012 also refute her tale, even as the media and Democrats try to gaslight us into believing the opposite. Ford originally claimed four boys tried to rape her when she was in her late teens in the mid-1980s. Now she says it was one rapist and one bystander when she was 15 in the early 80s. Gee, what a terrible therapist who wrote down the wrong information, right? Ford refused to give her therapist notes to the Senate Judiciary Committee as evidence. Why? And why didn't they subpoena it? And I hope the FBI is subpoenaing that information now that there is an investigation. In the statement she wrote out in her farce of a polygraph test, Ford crossed out early 80s so it would read only 80s. Ford also told the committee the primary impact of the event occurred during the four years after it happened. She goes on to say, quote, I struggled academically. I struggled very much in Chapel Hill and in college. When I was 17, I went off to college. I had a very hard time. Note how she skips over two whole years, her junior and senior years in high school, the two years directly after the, quote, attack took place. To later confirm the event did have happen, in fact, in 1982, she told the committee she was able to pin it down to 1982 because she remembered she did not yet have her driver's license. But she also says she doesn't remember how, remember how she got to or from the, the house party, uh, which is eight miles away from her home. So how does she know she didn't drive herself? She doesn't know how she got back. Nobody else is jumping up and saying, hey, I took you back. 
Nobody else is saying, hey, you came to that party with me. She's got no one. She's got nothing. Ford also used Mark Judge's Safeway job to confirm the 1982 timeline. She testified she saw him working there six to eight weeks after the attack. She could not yet drive, so her mother drove her there. But for some bizarre reason, Ford and her mother entered the Safeway using different doors. And now Mom can't even confirm that happened. Five times during her testimony, she mentioned Safeway to verify the date. How could she know such a thing unless it really happened? Well, in this, in his memoir, which began circulating online among Kavanaugh critics uh, in the week before Ford's testimony, Mark Judge helpfully reveals she was wor- he was working at the local supermarket during the summer before senior year. So he volunteered that information, and now she latches onto it and saying, yeah, I saw him, so that's when it was. In summation, on top of all four of her own witnesses refuting her allegations or saying they remember nothing, so too the notes taken uh, do the notes taken by her own therapist. There's a tremendous thread that I can't read you on the air because of the time constraints. But Margot Cleveland, an investigator, uh, wrote a tremendous 20-tweet thread that I retweeted. And if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see it for yourself. That is indispensable. Indispensable in reading to try to discover the truth. Christine Blase Ford is a political operative who I would not be surprised at all to learn was being paid for this testimony directly by George Soros in addition to the nearly $1 million she is going to be paid by GoFundMe. Two separate GoFundMe accounts have been started in her name. One is worth about $600,000 as of Saturday. The other one a little over $400,000. She's got at least a million dollars coming her way. So when she said under oath that she's receiving nothing for this testimony, nothing for coming forward and telling her story, she has a very large financial uh, uh, motivator, motivation to come forward with this story. Because coming forward with this story makes her the heroine, the, the survivor, the victim who came forward to try to stop a travesty from taking place. The appointment of a rapist or an attempted rapist to the Supreme Court of the United States. She's being rewarded handsomely for it by at least the GoFundMe accounts and Lord only knows what else. And yet we're supposed to believe she's credible. And she's sympathetic because her voice shook while she gave her testimony. Is it that hard, honestly? I just did it without practice. Joe in Fairview, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Joe, go ahead. Well, boy, Bob, you were pretty thorough, so you covered a lot of the things I was going to say. But I, I'm sorry. i just like to add a couple. Yeah. One is within the first minute of her testimony, she rep- represented herself as a psychologist. And she's not. She's not a licensed psychologist in the state of California. That's true. She broke California state law. And I find it interesting that Stanford University scrubbed that reference as her being a psychologist from their website. Yeah, that's a great point. That's another that's another mistruth or untruth or or misstatement or lie, whatever it is that you want to call it that brings her credibility into question. You're exactly right. She has no license to practice psychology or psychiatry or anything of the sort in the state of California. What the else other you thing was why is it another thing is why isn't her yearbook being brought up just as much as Kavanaugh's? If anything it portrays her is it if not being 
an equal drinker, it probably portrays her even as more of a, a drinker and a party girl. Yeah, that's well. the reason why nobody's bringing that up, as you know, Joe, as I said before, because if you question the character of a witness, then you are um, uh, a savage. You are or not a not a witness. Rather, if you question the character of a quote unquote survivor, then you're a, you're you're a savage and you're going to be in violation of the Me Too movement. They're going to turn their uh, their eyes toward you and they're going to bring out the long knives for you. I'm not kidding you. I, I, I realize I'm running a risk here by just coming out and saying it. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to be bullied into believing or into uh, uh, um, uh, not believing what I do believe because to say out loud that you don't believe Christine Blasey Ford's tale of woe, that you don't believe all women the way Jeff Flake was. Jeff Flake was a coward. Jeff Flake was cornered in that uh, elevator by two Soros operatives. Let me say that again so that you don't misunderstand it. Cornered by two Soros operatives and screamed at. Um, saying that you don't believe women. You don't believe women. You're saying that all women are lying. Why? Because I don't believe Christine Blase Ford's lies. Now I don't believe any woman who has ever come forward. That's what they want. That's the point that they're trying to make. That's their allegation. Did you hear that audio? Did you see that video of what they screamed at Jeff Flake to, 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 um, corner him and and make him uh, appear again they did not he does not want to appear even though he's leaving the senate and he's gone he does not want to appear as though he is against the me too movement i was this sexually assaulted and nobody believed me i didn't tell anyone and you're telling all women that they don't matter that they should just stay quiet because if they tell you what happened to them you're going to ignore them that's what happened to me and that's what you're telling all women in america that they don't matter they should- since when when is saying, I believe Judge Kavanaugh, because there has been no evidence to prove Judge Kavanaugh is, is guilty of this, that I believe Judge Kavanaugh is presu- with presumption of innocence. That's saying all women who have ever come forward with a claim is, is lying? Really? When did, when did he say that? He didn't say that. When did I say that? I haven't said that. I said, I don't believe this woman. This woman with her 36-year-old fairy tale, her fable, her work of fiction for profit to the point of at least a million dollars and maybe more, I don't believe her. I don't believe her little broken voice but non-tear-producing performance. I don't believe her mischaracterization of many parts of the story a dozen different ways from Sunday. I don't believe her. Does that mean I don't believe any women have ever been assaulted or raped? Shut up. To just keep it to themselves because if they have told the truth, they're just going to help that man to power anyway. That's what you're telling all of these women. That's what you're telling me right now. He's not telling you anything, you screeching Soros-funded harpy. Did you see the story, the backstory behind these women, by the way? Did you really think these were just... You know, grassroots people, you know, normal citizens who came there to be heard and express themselves. Did you really think this was some sort of a, you know, just a, an accident, by the way, that they were able to access Jeff uh, Flake in an elevator? You didn't really think that, did you? You didn't think this was, wasn't staged, did you? You didn't, realize that there, you didn't realize that there were really not victims, did you? You didn't really think that this was all legitimate, did you? Those two women who screamed at him also with their little performance voices were Soros operatives, astroturfed activists there to put on a show. 
Their names are Maria Gallagher and Anne-Marie Archilla, and they both played Jeff Flake. And then they celebrated after he caved in. There's pictures of them on Twitter. They're being celebrated by the left. Meet these two heroes. Meanwhile, they work for and are organized by George Soros organizations. You don't actually think that any of this is legitimate, do you? Don't answer that. i got to get out anyway. I'll be right back. All right, 1054, final segment of the broadcast. Paul Sperry tweeted this out, too. He's a former D.C. Bureau Chief for Investors Business Daily and the Hoover Institution Media Fellow as well. He tweeted this out yesterday, 5.16 p.m., breaking. Center for Popular Democracy had a plan to target Senator Jeff Flake as early as September 21st when protesters gathered in an 8.30 p.m. conference call to strategize with them. They encouraged activists to, quote, target Jeff Flake, end quote, and that, quote, we have a plan to push the vote out. They were going to target Jeff Flake with these political operatives funded by George Soros. They were going to target Jeff Flake from the beginning. They knew that was how they made their break. And they wanted people, uh, the left wants you to think that these two innocent victims, these survivors, uh, really touched Jeff Flake's heartstrings with their stories about what happened to them. And nobody believes them either. You don't believe Christine Blasey Ford, so you don't believe us. I mean, goodness gracious, it's not that hard to follow this and to follow the money, too. Follow the money trail. Anna Maria Archilla, one of the women who confronted confronted Flake with that phony garbage you just heard uh, in the elevator at the Capitol, is the co-executive director for the Center for Popular Democracy and for the Center for Popular Democracy Action Fund. What is the Center for uh, Popular Democracy? It's an activist organization funded by George Soros. That's who it is. Soros is one of the largest funders, funders to the CPD. He provided them with $130,000 from the Foundation to Promote Open Society in 2014, $1.1 million in 2015, additional $705,000 for the Open Society Political Policy Center in 2016, and their operatives are the ones who did this to Jeff Flake and are trying to make it seem like these are innocent survivors. Goodness gracious, enough is enough. Glenn in Strongsville, sorry for making you wait. Glenn, go ahead. Hey, Bob, I've got to tell you, um, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I've been just waiting for somebody to say uh, exactly what you've been saying, because when I was watching uh, Dr. Ford, I thought, wait a minute, this, this is just not right. This is so phony. You could tell that she was coached, and she was reading word for word, and like you said, no tears, no tears at all. And I thought, this is, this is not true. I don't believe this. And I haven't heard anyone until you say uh, just that that it, it was not true and i like i say i agree with you a there, are, there are would be there there are would be and want to be actors and actresses who have to go to juilliard to be able to command to cry on command okay fake yeah, tears was... t- fake tears are hard to manufacture and she couldn't do it she tried she tried with a broken voice but she couldn't make herself cry because she didn't suffer anything here and 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 she needs she needs more lessons like i said she should have gone to juilliard navy man norm go ahead Bob, I don't think I've been prouder of you than I was this morning when I heard you come out and speak your mind. And I agree with you 100%. She's as phony as a $3 bill. 
and listening and watching her, her little performance. She's about as credible as, uh, uh, shall we say, George Soros is when it comes to uh, pro-life matters. It's yeah, unbelievable that these people, especially the Republicans, I, even my wife says, why don't they just kiss her butt? I mean, they've done everything else. They want to be gentle. They don't want to offend her. I, I applaud. I was not a fan, fan of Lindsey Graham, but boy, I am now. I mean, he let them have it both barrels. And I think Judge Kavanaugh did himself a favor by telling them right to their teeth. But I would have been a little bit harder, especially with Spartacus Booker, and say, you're going to talk about me when you cop the field at 15 and you brag about it? Is that what you're going to yeah. tell me? And as far as Captain Combat goes, little Dick uh, Blumenthal, Blumenthal, I would have nailed him with his uh, false one, false all statement. But Bob... Keep up the great work. I mean, Norm, I, I really do appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. I've got Jenna here for 30 seconds. Jenna, go right ahead. Jenna, can you hear me? Okay, it looks like I'm not going to be able to get to her. She wasn't ready, and I'm sorry I made you wait. I know I left people on hold, but uh, sometimes that's just the way the ball bounces. We are just about out of time uh, for this morning's edition. Uh, tomorrow on the program, Peter Kirsten now joins us. Jim Jordan, who did not get to us today, will join us tomorrow as well. And uh, we've got something else special tomorrow, too, but uh, it's escaping me at the moment. That's okay. Just tune in tomorrow at 9 o'clock, and you'll find out what it is. Stay here. Mike Gallagher is next. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.